0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.
1: Hello and welcome to a very special episode of the Cult Film Companion Podcast, the home of movies that are off, under, and ahead of the cinematic radar. My name is Chris, and I am your host. For this episode, I am joined by the director of the documentary, Valerie, all about the actress, Valerie Perrine, that is available as of today, when this episode is being released. So anytime from now forward, the documentary all about her life, career, and her current situation, dealing with some medical issues, are all addressed in the the movie. All the information about the movie can be found at www.valerymovie.com. And if you're in a position to do so, I urge you to consider donating to her GoFundMe page to help alleviate some of the financial stress that medical bills have put on her. So for this episode, I am joined by Stacy Souther, Valerie Perrine's longtime friend who had full access to her and her archives and has put together an absolutely beautiful documentary all about her, her life and her career, featuring appearances from many, many of her co-stars throughout the years. And I welcome you to enjoy this episode. Just a couple notes. There was a faulty microphone that has now been replaced. And a less than stellar internet connection between the East Coast and the West Coast. So me and my audio engineer have worked very hard to make this as clear and less jarring as possible. But I wanted to be able to provide this opportunity for... Stacey to talk about his documentary and all about Valerie Perrine's illustrious career from her film debut in Slaughterhouse 5 to co starring with Dustin Hoffman and Lenny that earned her Academy Award nomination up through her role as Miss Tessmacher in Superman to the cult favorite Can't Stop the Music and various TV appearances as well as her early life. This interview is full of fascinating stories that you probably will not hear anywhere else. So I welcome you to enjoy this interview because these stories are incredible. And like I said to Stacy when we were talking, there should be a biopic of this woman's life. She's a, an incredibly underrated actress in my opinion, and I cannot recommend the documentary. Again, Valerie, available now. Please check it out. You will not be disappointed. And please bear with the technical issues and enjoy this episode because it is a must-listen warts and all. So thank you so much.
2: We do the work, you do the pleasure. Hi there. I want to talk to you about ducks. No thanks. What a all uh, right. Now that's a good idea. Okay, let's go. Give me that story view. Oh, it's a story. Suppose ah! you're thinking
0: about it, a plate of shrimp. Suddenly somebody will say, like, plate or shrimp or plate of shrimp. Out of the blue. No explanation. No point. In for it. It's all part of the cosmic unconsciousness. Oh, dear. Come out. and out. Down
2: here with magic Christmas, chippling. My parents are going to be really sorry, and I'll get them cha-cha on
0: I asked and I better get. It. Just gonna kill me, man. Fuck you, drug counselor. Drug fucking you because I don't make monkeys. I just trade them. Pee-wee, uh, listen to reason. Come
2: on, listen to reason.
1: Hello and welcome back to the Cult Film Companion Podcast, the home of movies that are off, under, and ahead of the cinematic radar. Today, I'm bringing you a very special op- episode about a documentary that you're going to want to make sure to add to your cinematic radar. And this wonderful documentary is entitled Valerie. And I am so happy and, and excited to have the very talented uh, director of this documentary, Stacey Souther, with me. Um, good afternoon to you. Thank you so much for joining me. Oh, no, it was my pleasure, and, um, I was, uh, you were, you were kind enough to, to send me a copy of the movie, and, wow, I, that's, I'm just, I was just blown away, it's, it's, it's an absolutely touching, beautiful movie, and, uh, my, my only critique is that, uh, I found it to be a little short, and I, I, I'm hoping that we can maybe get into it, and, um, but first, uh, just a brief introduction about yourself. I know that you're uh, not only a, a, a documentary director, but you're also a producer, a writer, and an actor. And uh, just give us a, a little a little background about yourself before we get into this wonderful documentary, if you don't mind.
0: Sure, sure. Um, well, I'm originally from Georgia. I moved to California, to L.A. specifically in 1999 to be an actor. And I worked around, you know, trying to make that happen for several years, and I fell into filmmaking. I'll give you the short of it because I have a habit of making things long. Uh, Okay, um, take your time. Um, what happened was this something totally separate. This this little project came up, and I am friends with Christina and David Arquette. And they were dating at the time. This is before they were married. But this little project came up, and David said to Christina, "Oh, Stacy can shoot it. You know, uh, talk to him." She got in touch with me, and I was like, "Uh, I, I've never picked a camera up. I don't know anything about a camera. I don't. I can't do it." And then she, you know, David said, "It's really easy. You can use my camera." And I literally kind of got thrown into shooting something, and I had a knack for it. You know, I, just, I don't know if it was from acting or just me being a, a, I noticed things going on around me uh, but those things really came in handy and that is how I fell into filmmaking and the producing stuff uh, same thing, like I'm a producer on You Cannot Kill David Arquette the documentary and if you haven't seen that, everybody should see it because it's this amazing crazy story about how uh, David won the heavyweight champion uh, uh, wrestling belt in 2000 and you know he, he literally he was promoting a movie and they said oh you're gonna win the belt he kind of didn't want to because he was coming in off the streets and the, they were like oh you'll get to hang out with the, all the wrestlers for like two weeks of travel and all this cool stuff and David was a huge, huge wrestling fan so he jumped at the chance and he was kind of after that. He, I think, at one point, might had have labeled him the most hated man in wrestling, like he destroyed wrestling or something, was something somebody said. So that documentary was he wanted to, he wanted to clear his name and he wanted to earn the respect of the fans and and the wrestling community and and he did. Like that movie is very raw and uh, it's it's a good little movie. I think it's on Hulu right now. So if anybody wants to watch that, it's a good one. And I'm, I pop up in it, and I was a producer on
1: it. Yeah, I, I wasn't going to, because we were going to keep our focus on your, your your latest work, but I was going to say, I have actually seen, I've seen the documentary, you, you Cannot Kill, David Arquette, and I can't recommend it enough either. You do not need to be a fan of professional wrestling to enjoy the movie. I, um, I remember when he, I remember when this happened in 2000, uh, when he won, I think he was promoting something something 50 miles to Graceland Uh, oh it was ready to rumble that's that that. right and uh yeah they put the um at the time this the uh the second biggest uh, wrestling company besides the WWF was the WCW and they put the title on him and and uh yeah some people absolutely lost their minds but no uh you cannot kill David Arquette is an absolutely uh brilliant documentary and it's a great it's a great story. Um speaking of great stories, I I want to get into this. How did you initially meet um Miss Valerie Perine? Um
0: I met Valerie in 2006. We met we live in the same neighborhood and we we bumped into each other walking our dogs. And it was like, uh, my dog was, my dog thought the neighborhood was his neighborhood, so he was a little growly. And I said, just let him say hi, and then, then it'll be cool. He won't ever growl again. But like, hello. I didn't know who she was. She had a big floppy hat on, her big sunglasses, kind of the Valerie Perine look. And, you know, we went our separate ways. And then I'd say maybe about... A week and a half later or something, I bumped into her again. We started chatting. She's like, what do you do? I said, I'm an actor. What do you do? I'm an actress. I was like, oh, that's cool. And we chat a little bit more. And then she, since she's such a huge animal lover, she used to take her dog to some kind of hidden away place to, to go on these walks. And so she invited me to bring come with her and bring my dog sometime. I was like, yeah, that sounds cool. So at the time, I, I didn't have it, there weren't smartphones or anything. I didn't even have a phone on me at the time. And she uh she was giving me her email address. And this is how long ago it was. It was a hotmail address.
2: <laughs> so
0: and it was her something it was her name you know, Valerie Brian hotmail, or something like that. <clears throat> and uh, and we chatted a little bit more. And then I got back to it and I said, I, You know, I'm sorry. I'm really bad with names. Uh, and she goes, Do you know what IMDb is? I'm like, yeah, sure. Of course, I'm an actor. She's like, Did you ever see the movie Lenny? And I was like, No, I mean, I kind of know what it is, but I haven't seen it. She literally goes, <sighs> Did you ever see Superman? It's like, Yeah, of course. She goes, I was Miss Tessmacher. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, 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 okay, I know you are. And the funny thing is, just a weird little add-on, like a year before that, I would say, I was home, had a really bad cold, was trying to, you know, chill out and get better, and I was watching Superman, which I'd seen, you know, 50 times, I don't know. And as I'm watching it, I thought, I literally, this crossed my mind, I thought, whatever happened to that lady? Mm. And then, then I find out, you know, I, I meet her and she lives right next to me. And then all this happened. So it was pretty, a uh, pretty odd little uh, coincidence, I guess.
1: You know, it's funny that you mention that because when I was first, what happened was that I just happened to retweet um, something that she had posted on Twitter. And she reached out to me and I was like... I was like, and then I then I looked her up on IMDb, and I was like, oh my god, because I remember seeing Lenny years ago, and she she was nominated for an Academy Award, and what, quite frankly, easily could, easily could have won for that. I mean, <laughs> she
0: won everything else that year, right? On the BAFTA, like she literally won everything you could win that year except the Oscar, and she. Everybody says the same thing. They say she should have won.
1: Yeah, I mean, and for those of you, we're going to be talking uh, several of the movies throughout her career. I would say that um, just Lenny is just, it's kind of like that movie that you want to say this. If, you know, if anyone questions someone's acting ability, you say this is this is the one to to kind of say. But I my first exposure to her as an actress was was just because of my age was just because I grew up with the Superman movies of course, but I mean, it's very interesting that you say, like, whatever happened to her, because, you know, we unfortunately know what happened with with Christopher Reeve, which is, you know, just terrible, and also, what unfortunately, what happened with Margot Kidder, um, and we all, you know, uh, Gene Hackman is still, I think he's retired from acting, but yeah, she's like the one, she's the one that you're just like, wow, I wonder what happened to her, and, um,
0: I mean, so many times people, you know, people that I, you know, that I get introduced to or I meet or, or whatnot, you know, be chatting and they're like, oh, what do you, what do you do or what are you doing or whatever? I'll be like, I'm doing this documentary about Valerie Prine and they'll be like, who, who's that? Or they'll, or they'll be the other, be like, oh, I love her. What happened to her? But the ones who don't know, I'll be like, did you ever see Superman? They're like, oh, and they're like, oh, Margaret, uh, uh Lois Lane? And I'm like, no, no, not Lois Lane it's Teschmunker, the one who saved Superman. They're like, Oh, I kind of remember. I'm like, ah,
1: you know? Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. And wh- what, what a, a, a life I, before we get into some of the things covered in the movie, um, was it your idea initially to do this documentary after doing something with David Arquette? Were you like, I, I think this would this this has some feet under it, and um, I think people are going to really appreciate this. Um, whose idea was it? Uh, you know, the genesis for this project. Well,
0: for years there, and this is this is I met her in two thousand six. So, you know, in you know somewhere around there before, you know, I, I kept saying. And this is before documentaries are like they are now. The streaming wasn't a thing; mm. and, you know, none, none of that was happening. So documentaries hadn't exploded like they have now, you know. But I kept saying somebody should do a documentary about her. You know, I, I kept telling her that. She wanted to. She had. She was going to do a book at some point. She had all this stuff. She had, you know, uh, an outline and everything, and she just wasn't. Uh, you know, things kept coming up, so she wasn't getting any further with it. And then um, what happened was, uh, I would say, well, it, was, it, was around, it was around 2013, because that's when this other thing happened, and I, and I got thrown into uh, filmmaking, right, when I got that thing with David. Mm-hmm. What happened was, she was going to have... Uh, Brain surgery because she has Parkinson's. Well, at this point they weren't really sure she had essential tremors and Parkinson's. We'll get into that, but um, she was going to have brain surgery for that. And there's this thing called DBS, deep brain stimulator. And what they do if somebody has Parkinson's or one of those neurological uh, issues, they they go into your brain, they put a uh, probe in, and then they. There's more to it, but anyway, it's brain surgery, mm. and I I knew at that moment, I was like, this is a once-in-a-lifetime thing, you know? I was like, this needs to be filmed, so I, literally, I borrowed a camera, and I, I just took it into the hospital, didn't, you know, I just kind of, you know, had it down by my side, it was like a DSLR, you know, so it looks like a regular camera, but that's how I, um, that's how it started, you know, it was just, it was an idea that was kind of floating around, and then when that one thing when that surgery was going to happen I I knew that I had to I had to get it so that's how it kind of began
1: and to me personally that that's probably the saddest if not probably the saddest scene in in the entire documentary is um um or maybe I'm I'm thinking of the scene where she had there was some sort of um so what happened after that that initial surgery there was some it was a medical term but she had uh basic basically had no cog, uh no memory that was the scene that really taught she was like oh, yeah. um she was looking at you and it was one of those things where I can actually relate as someone that um after a, a car accident I started having seizures out of the blue. And for people that have never had a seizure, um, you know, my roommate thankfully called the paramedics for me. But I was sitting there and I thought I was OK. But then they started asking me these questions that anyone should be able to answer, like who the president was, what day it was. And my mind was just foggy. And I could see this. I'm, I I remember someone off cameras asking her to count to three and um, just uh, speak. To the 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 actual medical what what happened after this because it does have a a happy ending it does end up being uh, beneficial to her in the long term but I know uh, almost a, how long afterwards did she suffer this this medical um, kind of uh, crisis? Uh, well, yeah. So she had she had that surgery,
0: and then we took her home, uh, and. And it wasn't it wasn't long after that. I mean like she wasn't home maybe might have been a day maybe I can't I can't remember exactly mm-hmm. but, um, literally and in, in her brother who you see in the movie who's uh, a neuropsychologist so he you know he knows about the brain and everything you know, he's a doctor mm-hmm. and we got her home got her all situated and everything and then he calls me you know like I said a while later and he's like she, she, she can't talk so, literally, all of a sudden, like she, she couldn't, she just couldn't talk. He's like, we have to get her back to the, to the hospital. And luckily, we live, you know, a few blocks from the hospital. So, brushed her back, and, you know, she was having this episode. They're called uh, transient, they're called TIAs. That's mm-hmm. the, the short term or the, uh, the abbreviated version of it. And um, it's kind of like a mini stroke, they do different things to you, but. Um, she didn't, you know, it literally, she couldn't talk and she, you know, same thing, like you said, but like a seizure, you know, you can't remember what happened and all, all this weird stuff, but yeah, you know, that was scary. I, I, that, I shot that on my iPhone. Wow. And it wasn't for the movie. I wasn't thinking like that. Like literally her brother was like, you know, can you shoot that? Ask her to count to three or whatever. He was just, he, he wanted it so we could show a show a doctor or something so yeah that was pretty crazy and you know uh she stayed in the hospital like another day or something then she then she was fine again and um i mean that's like that whole whole part of that and then you know later on some uh, uh she had some issues but but that's what happened like right
2: after this
1: yeah, and what? A, I mean, I mean, we we went into one of the, the saddest part of the stories, but I mean, this this is a woman whose life, I mean it, I mean someone should be doing a docu pic of of her life. It's an an amazing story. I, I
0: agree. I mean, literally, if people if people could live five percent of the life she's lived, that would be a dream come true for them that'd be like winning the lottery. She's done, I mean, you know, she was raised in Japan uh, after World War II because her father was in the military and he was sent to help rebuild the Japanese economy. So for like four years, like she was raised in Japan and, you know, she was a little Shinto dancer which is the black wig and the white makeup and the robes and, you know, the at the end of the little show she'd pull the, the wig off and shake her head and this long blonde hair would come down and, you know, this is Japan, like, 19, you know, right after World War II. So, you know, 47, I don't know what it was. But, you know, they'd never seen anything like this, you know? And, like, the emperor came to see her dance. They came 400 miles.
1: Right, yeah.
0: They were on the streets of Japan. Like, from the beginning, like, Valerie's had this star thing going on with her, you know?
1: She's just got that, that inherent, like... Artistic quality to perform, um, and you could see the smile, and be, and that's the thing that I always remember going back throughout this documentary is that smile. That smile will just wow. melt your heart. She always seems like such a sweet, and just generally just a very honest individual too. Which I can't, I think it's a you know, in, in living in in Hollywood. I'm sure you come across a lot of people that aren't that honest but I mean just like the the interviews with her on TV and everything um, but I, even before I mean her, her life even be even like you could just uh, a biopic of her life even before she started acting would be fascinating she um, yeah. read I, no, I had
0: a whole idea uh, I wanted to do like a, a, like a series like a like a, a series based on like her time in Vegas because you know, that's a whole another time. Like the, the glamorous, you know, you know, the '60s of Vegas are such a, you know, amazing, um, uh, golden age of Vegas, you know. And she lived it; she was there. I,
1: and I'm wondering: Are you able to possibly? I, um, I mean, there was. Uh, we're gonna. I want to talk about the technical aspects of the film, but I'm just wondering if there were time constraints because I mean, she spent. Almost 10 years in Vegas. Do you have any, uh, some stories that maybe didn't make it into the documentary that you are uh, she wouldn't mind you sharing with the audience? Um, let me think for a
0: minute. Um, oh, there's mafia stuff. I probably shouldn't say that. No, probably not. Um, there's mafia stuff. Oh, here, there's um, this is a pretty crazy story. Um, so. So she, you know, she's asleep one night and in her apartment and she wakes up and someone's someone's like trying to break into her apartment in the middle of the night. And she again, like you're saying there's nobody like Valerie Valley, Valerie does what she has always done what she wanted to do, says what whatever there's no filter, she'll say no. whatever, but she's also the sweetest nicest person ever. But Someone's trying to break in her apartment. <clears throat> she had a gun. She whips her gun out. The person—I don't know if they were inside or not—they take off running. She's chasing them,
2: like, <laughs> like you know, on, on the asphalt, right. running after
0: this person with a gun. And then one of her, va- one of her neighbors sees her and like, "Valerie, Valerie!" And, she, and she's so the adrenaline's popping. They're like, "You're naked!" <laughs> she slept naked, you know. Was right. The Sure. She totally was running naked with a gun down the street like like pretty crazy. And cool. she'd scared a burglar. It wasn't like any oh like she, that that fight came up and she just like you know, she didn't think and you know, went after him.
1: I mean, I that just speaks to the nature of her character. Um and the tagline of this movie is whatever life throws at you, you've gotta fight. Am I or am I butchering it Right and yeah, she's. I mean, that those are just. I mean, that just speaks to to the whole nature of her. When it comes to fight or flight, she's gonna be. She's gonna be a fighter, and it seems to me that she's she's always been a fighter. Um, something that I, I. I mean, amongst the, I was completely, I was not aware that she was a showgirl in Vegas. And just speaking to what you were saying about her being very blunt, very honest, no filter, she. Oh, there's a there's a there's a a scene in the movie where she pretty much says, "Yeah, I don't even consider myself an actress. I've always considered myself a showgirl." And I mean, yeah. I I mean that's just I mean, ah, there's so much you could talk about. One of one of the uh, a, just an absolutely tragic story that I didn't know anything about, and uh, I know that Valerie doesn't like to discuss in person, but the, I I was completely unaware that she was dating. Um, one of the guys that was involved in that horrible night with the, with the Manson family. I, that, yeah, and, yeah I mean, everyone kind of know, and now, especially with uh, once upon a time in Hollywood uh, coming, you know, that came out people it, it's once again, the whole Manson family, everyone knows about Sharon Tate and uh, the heir to the Folger of fortune. Um, but I had no idea that she, and, and she was, I mean, she was lucky. It was just a matter of not being able to find someone to cover her shift that basically saved her saved her life that night. Yeah, yeah,
0: no, she, she's. I've seen the documentary so many times, but I forget. I think, you know, because she tells uh, she does, she doesn't tell the story. I think I think it pops up. It pop yeah, it pops up in in writing or something. Yeah, 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 right. But no, like she said it. Like I've heard the story. She was like, you know, that. You know she inadvertently saved her life that that other girl somebody was gonna do it and then they had, they couldn't do it or something like taking work her uh work her ship.
1: right i mean there's so, so many i mean we're gonna get into some of the um the the more recent um things that have happened to her but i mean the, the little stories about her career, her, uh, I mean, early on, just how she got the role in Slaughterhouse-Five is just, is just oh, funny. That's,
2: that's, a, that's a story.
1: Okay. I, please share it with you if you want to share it, please.
0: So here's what happened. After, I won't give too much away, but after, you know, like eight years in Vegas or something, she had had enough, and anybody that sees the documentary, she'll she'll say something about it.
2: <laughs> um,
0: and so she she, I think she went to like south of France or somewhere where just to get away from Vegas for a bit. And then she literally went through all of her money, and she was broke. And she came back to Vegas, I think, for a minute, but she she wasn't gonna dance, or uh, she wasn't gonna be a showgirl. And somebody said, "Oh, you should go to Hollywood. You're really pretty. You could probably get into commercials or modeling." So she came out to Hollywood. Literally, no no money. You know, I think she was on like like food stamps or unemployment or something. I can't remember. And a friend of hers was having a dinner party. When I say dinner party, I mean like a little small little birthday dinner party for somebody. And there's maybe like six people there. It wasn't anything big. And Valerie was on the phone talking to her boyfriend at the time and I want to say he was the manager of the Doobie Brothers he had something to do with the Doobie Brothers but she was on the phone with him and she was being really funny and snappy and quick and there was an agent that just happened to be there he said Who, who's that girl on the phone I'm like oh that's that's Valerie and she got off the phone and he looked at her and he said her Montana Wild hat I think she was kind of like what and he's like, are you an actress, and she said no. He's like, do "You want to be an actress?" And Valerie was like, "Her attitude is like, okay, sure." Right. And then you know, he's like, "Do you have a, Do you have any headshots? Do you have any pictures?" She's like, "The only pictures I have are topless from Vegas." So he took, you know, a topless picture of her, you know, from Vegas, and he went to the head of casting at Universal because they were trying to, they couldn't find the right girl for Slaughterhouse-Five. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, they looked over a lot of, you know, a lot of actresses, and they couldn't find anybody that, 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 was, fit the part. And they were also, I think, running out of time. And so, the head of, the head of casting, her name was Monique James, and, you know, she, she got the photo, and then she had, a, she had like a toothache, and she had to go to the dentist. So she took a, a big stack of pictures with her, so she could kind of keep working, you know, while she was waiting. She hits Valerie's picture, and there's a guy sitting next to her, and he's like, who the hell is that? And she thought, exactly.
2: <laughs>
0: so, they get Valerie to come in for an audition, and you're supposed to wear a two-piece bathing suit so they can get an idea of what your body looks like, right? Valerie didn't own a two-piece bathing suit because she had been in the south of France for six months, and the, the, the beaches are topless. Right. But she did have a piece of, you know, she had like a Vegas costume, so... The boobs were cut out,
2: you know, of this thing. It was, it was, you know, it was like this Vegas gear. So <laughs> she
0: goes in like that, you know. All the other girls are either, you know, too shy or they're sticking their chests out or whatever. And Valerie literally just, she was used to being topless. Like she could, you, you know, you could sit there and talk to her, and like it wasn't a big deal. Like she didn't even notice she was topless. Right. And so that um, that's pretty much George Roy Hill saw her. Her piece, you know, her her tape or whatever, and her audition was horrible because either there was a producer or somebody casting or something. They wanted their girlfriend to get their part, get the part, so they were giving everybody bad direction. And, oh, uh, George Roy Hill just saw something in Valerie, and and that's how that started. And, um, and literally, oh, that same casting director after Valerie, you know. Did the movie and was you know later on They were like oh your your audition tape is horrible We had to burn it where nobody would ever see it
2: <laughs>
0: But But an- another little story uh, Really quickly is So she the first day on set You know here she is She's never acted She's on a sound stage The bell goes off You know to kind of like start the day And uh can I say Can I say bad words Oh bad
1: absolutely thoughts? yes yes
0: Okay. Okay. Um, so all of a sudden the bell goes off. And she's like, "What the fuck was that?" She had no idea. Like you know what a you know that's like the sound bell, you know, starting the day or, or you know this, you know scenes about to start or whatever. So yeah, it's uh, I mean literally, it's one of those Hollywood stories, like, um, uh, who was it that got discovered at Schwab's or whatever? Like literally she. You know, she wasn't trying to be an actress. She literally fell into it, and she just had this this quality where you, you told her what you wanted, she she could do it. Like she didn't have to go through a script and break everything down, and and you know, and she wasn't she wasn't serious. Like I, when we get into Lenny stuff, I'll tell you about the phone call thing. But you know, if it could it'd be a serious scene, and she could be. Like goofing off and having the best time two minutes before and the next thing, you know, she's in this heavy scene and she's bawling her eyes out about something, you know?
1: I mean, that's... You're basically describing just a naturally gifted performer. Someone that just can take very little direction or just kind of has this intuition already of kind of what a, a role needs.
0: Uh, yeah, and, yeah. And, and also like... Universal offered her a 7-year contract and this is like getting at the end of the studio system of that right but you know they saw something at that moment they're like well, we need to get this girl you know we need to keep her and funny thing is like they they wouldn't let her take an acting class like they forbid they're like you don't you can't take an acting class cuz that'll mess up your natural what you have naturally you know because you'll get in your head or whatever so you know they they wanted her the way she was wow
1: i mean and that just i mean that just speaks volume to to her natural talent um oh. and and another just i mean i don't want to be crude but another one of her uh, natural she's an absolutely beautiful woman and she was the cover girl of Playboy not too long after Slaughterhouse 5 if I'm correct um yeah well she she was in
0: Playboy um a, I mean a few times for sure she wasn't the cover till um that Superman cover that oh was she was the cover so
1: that the was 81 film. okay
0: yeah, but she was that she was there's oh do you see the the, the first spread she did um Arby Benton's On the cover I want to say it's I mean I, I I have it here somewhere Okay Because My life is consumed With Valerie Farron Um But I do I have it here And um Oh the That that layout and Anybody that's looked her up You've seen most of the pictures of the, uh, Right nude online, But it's just such a It's such a great issue And she's so beautiful And It's, it's all about that Her hippie Kind of gypsy uh, self, the way she is, and you see that in these pictures.
2: and
0: um, um, oh, oh, one other thing. Well, you may you may be going to get to this, but just in case you, you don't, you know, do you know about steam bath?
1: I was just about to ask you about this because this is um um where um this is uh, television history, and I will let you um a legitimate television history uh, made by uh. Miss Perrine, so please take take it away and tell everyone about Steambath, because I am familiar with it, and that was a, exactly what I was going to ask you next.
0: Um, well, Steambath was, was a play written by Bruce J. Friedman, and they were doing it on PBS. They, they were shooting it. So Bill Bigsby, the great immortal Bill Bigsby, was the lead, and Valerie was in it, and this was maybe her second the third thing like right there i mean right again the beginning of her career and it's a great thing if anybody if you can find it uh it's 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 an interesting watch but it all takes place in the steam bath is what the kind of uh, premise of it is and valerie's in there and she literally takes her top her towel off you know she's she's naked uh but she's got like a towel on the bottom and then a towel kind of draped around her neck. You know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. And and she kind of pulls it off and she she starts to shower off and she turns toward the camera, you know, just enough. She swivels enough where you see, you know, you see her breasts. And at that moment, she became the first woman on American television to expose her breasts.
1: I mean, and that's, that's, tell. I mean, making history left and right, this, she is, and, um.
0: She's such a, she's such a trailblazer. I mean, that's another thing that. Right. You know, I don't, I, I mean, I, I think, you know, you get, so, you, you know, you get some of that that I don't, in the documentary, but I don't, like,
2: really press it so much, but.
0: No, I mean, I, I think, you know, there was nobody like her in the set. I mean, she, again, she said what she wanted, she did what she wanted, she didn't. You know, she didn't have to have a, a man to, to, to make her whole or to help her through life. She was, you know, she was, you know, now you see these women and it's it's no big deal. I mean, it's amazing, but she was part of that genesis of, of women back then. Like, you know, she was about, you know, her body was, was, she was proud of her body. And she was proud of, you know, just, just you know, being able to be a woman who could be on her own and take care of herself. She didn't have to have a man, but if she wanted a man, you know, she loved to be in a relationship too.
1: Right. And, um, she could probably have any man that she wanted at that point. Um, but let, oh, yeah. <laughs> I can,
2: good little affairs. Yeah.
1: Um, but I, I just want to uh, just, uh, quickly, uh, going now onto probably, I think coming up next is probably, her most acclaimed role. And for those of you who haven't seen the movie and um, after you watch the documentary, I can't strongly recommend going back and either visiting or revisiting um, some of her amazing movies. And uh, I think probably her, her standout performance as just as an, as an actress is, is is Lenny. And um, uh, talk a little bit about uh, the project of, uh, of Lenny.
0: Lenny's great. She actually, before she did Lenny, she did do um, a movie called The Last American Hero with Jeff Bridges. Oh, right, right. Is, uh, a fun little. Um, he's a NASCAR driver. and was based on a true story of, I think, was it Junior Johnson or someone? But, like, you know, he was originally, like, running moonshine and he got into stock car, and she's kind of the. What's the way to put it? She's not exactly. She's sort of like a stock stop car groupie or something, she likes the the race car drivers or something uh, so if you haven't seen that one that one's kind of, I mean, I'll, I'll say that about everything she's done, it's like, if you haven't seen it you should see everything she's done um, just to do it, you know but yeah, Lenny um, Lenny was another, I mean, that that's that's her most that's her most her, her proudest accomplishment on film because she just, I mean, it's, you know, Bob Fosse directed it, Dustin Hoffman is Lenny, you know, it's shot in black and white. It's like, and the acting in that is, like, you literally, because, you know, it also has these things where it looks documentary style, where they're, mm-hmm. like, after the fact, and all these major people in the film are, 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 it's like an interview, you know, like documentary style. And you watch that, and you it literally looks like it's, she's just a regular person being shot for an interview. Right. So, um, but she goes through so many different things in that movie from that thing of being just a regular, like, like a documentary type of thing to, you know, she's, she's a stripper. She's a junkie. You know, she's supposed to be a mom. She, you know, she, you know, all the, she goes to jail, you know, all that stuff. Um, but some of the, Some of the cool stuff about that movie, um, I think there's some some funny stories. Uh, I'll give you a couple of funny things, and I'll give you a good good
2: piece. Sure. Um,
0: So, okay, so I guess it was Valentine's Day, and they were working, and I think it was going to be one of the shots where she's supposed to be stripping. So it was a scene they were going to do that day of, of, like, Maybe the dance strip scene or something. And again, it's Valentine's Day, so Obfasi came out to her trailer, you know, to get her to to something. And when she opened the door, she she opened up her robe, and she's you know naked under it. And she had shaved her pubic hair into the shape of a heart. She says, (laughs) "I have a heart on for you."
2: oh wow <laughs>
0: and you know it's like uh and, yeah you know, and you know and everybody else all, once the crew heard they all wanted to see this amazing Valentine's Day oh, of game. course right <laughs> um oh I'll give you I'll, let me go back like also because she has a really big sense of humor on Slaughterhouse 5 she is doing a scene when she jumps on um on Michael Sachs is the guy's real name I'm pretty sure um she jumps on his back, and then, you know, right when she gets to Tralfalmador or whatever it is, and what happened when they were shooting it, like, somehow he, he accidentally, she, when she, they topple to the ground when she falls on him, and I don't know if his elbow or something kind of hit her in the in the boob, right?
2: <laughs> okay. So
0: the next day, the you know, she has a robe on or whatever, and, and George Roy Hill and he's like are you okay how are you feeling today opens up her shirt and she had I guess got the prop department or something to make like a little sling to go under her boob like if you had like a broken arm right <laughs> so he just George Roy Hill just broke up laughing and thought it was the funniest thing ever but like that's like her sense of humor like when Bob Fosse had his heart attack yeah in the hospital you know and Valerie being Valerie she sent him like a life-size poster of herself nude. And it's on the wall in his hospital room. And he said More doctors are coming in here to visit me now and the whole time I've been in here with my heart attack, but they're not really talking to me when they're in here. They're kind of, they come to see Valerie. They don't come to see me.
1: Oh, I was gonna say that's that's a way to, to to give a guy a second heart attack. Yeah, right. Come on.
2: God. Yeah.
0: Pretty, uh, like a nude
1: thing of her then. Oh. Yeah, and uh, I, I mean, just that's 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 ma That sense of humor, though. I mean, the uh, we've got a boob sling and recovering from a heart attack. Here you go. Here's a full size poster of me naked. That's. <laughs> I mean, that if that's not the sign of someone that has a great sense of humor, um, I mean, I don't know what is.
0: And well the, the big scene in that movie as people would always be like, oh, did you know you were gonna did you know you, you were gonna be nominated or you know with this movie, were you thinking all this stuff? And she she wasn't. But she said there's a phone call scene in that where she's like crying and she just goes through all these different emotions, you know, in that one little scene. And I think they only shot, you know, they did like two takes of it or something. And when she finished that scene, I think I, I'm pretty sure I because I, I just went over a bunch of stuff. Um, I'm pretty sure like Bob Fosse was crying. Wow. And she that's she knew at that moment, she's like, OK. I'm an actress, like, this is not just something, like, I can actually do this, and Bob Fosse said, you know, he said, she's the greatest actress I've, I've ever worked with, that's Bob Fosse, who at that point was, you know, huge, right, um, I mean,
1: yeah, he he had done, um, well, after that, he did all he did all that jazz afterwards and um sweet charity chicago i mean so yeah
0: for that that's that's high acclaim
1: coming from someone like that yeah And,
0: and, and that's another person who i feel that unless you're you know either a cinephile or you come from like the dance theater world I think Bob Fosse somebody else who has been kind of kind of forgotten a little bit. You know what I mean? Because he, he didn't do that many, he didn't direct that many movies. No. But I think, again, like some people, unless, unless you're, you know, a dancer or, or in in that world, you know, a lot of people just don't really know who he is because he died in 87, I believe. But, again, check his films out. I mean, like you just said, all that jazz... I mean, it's a movie
1: about him having a heart attack. It's it's a, literally a movie about him, right? It's um, and 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 that's kind of um, I mean, our, our the goal of my my show is to kind of bring some of these movies that kind of get forgotten or overlooked, or or performances and and stuff, some more attention to reevaluation. And I'm trying to change the negative connotation of. The cult stigma, and um, I mean, one of one of the things that I found just doing this show is I'm just dis- discovering movies that I I had you know previously just gone just flew under my my cinematic radar, and I mean th- that's why I I love having t- to talk to someone like you that's you know who has had experience with with someone like um, with with Valerie, who's I mean. That's unfortunately the thing is, you know, is that if you don't know the name right away and if you're not familiar with something like Lenny or Slaughterhouse Five, but the, I can always get, okay, Miss Tess Mocker from Superman. Yeah. And we'll, we'll get that one. Right. And, but I think that in doing so, it, I, it, it kind of. I don't. It underplays some of her other her other work, which is which is just fantastic, and something that I'm not familiar with, but I'm guessing that you are. um, W. C. Fields and me. Oh yeah. Oh There's some stories
0: for you. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Well, well, she did that when um, she wanted to do something different because you know the the. The first few movies you know she's topless or you know those things she was like i want to do something different and wc Fields, to me is about wc fields and i guess you'd say it's his mistress or girlfriend and very you know so it's a period piece and very very you know it's just telling this this story about this relationship of these two people and uh I think Arthur Hiller I think was the director of that. Um but hated Rod Steiger. Really? Okay. She, yeah, her and Rod Steiger didn't get along like she she was coming from you know having all this fun doing Lenny because you know with with uh, Bob Bosley and Dustin, you know, like yeah, having all this fun. Oh, here's another story. Sorry. I will go back for one second. This
2: sure. show you what kind of fun she was having. Sure, go for
0: it. One day, you know, they're shooting on location in Miami. And uh, she comes out, and Dustin, and there's a huge crowd of, of, you know, all these fans out there. Because, you know, Dustin's huge. Like, they weren't, they didn't know who she was, really. But, you know, Dustin was huge at this point. Huge crowd of people. And she, she knew he was going to be coming out in a minute. And she said... All right, everybody on this side, when he comes out, I want you to yell Robert De Niro. (laughs) And everybody on this side, I want you to yell um, Al, like Al Pacino. Right. You know, because because I guess, you know, at that time they they were kind of getting them all confused, all all these guys. So he comes out and. Everybody did what she asked him to do. I think she might have got a few to like say Dustin. I can't remember, but you know they're yelling and he walks out with his script and he just all of a sudden he's like he throws his script down. And he's like, "Where the fuck is Valerie?" <laughs> and, and they were they were good friends, you know, uh, through the movie and everything. And um, but she had that, she had that kind of fun. But on WC Fields and the it was very straight and like. She was shooting when, when can happened, I guess. And, you know, all of a sudden she was, you know, she was at work and somebody called or they let her know, like, you just won can. Wow. Which is, you know, huge. That's right. a huge, a huge thing, you know, especially somebody who wasn't trying to be an actress, you know. Exactly. Yeah. So she, you know, they tell her when she's going out the set, so she gets excited, you know, and I think, you know, she got out there and she was like, I just will can, I just won't can, I just won't can. And I, I guess Steiger just kind of looked at her and then he just started naming off everything that he had won. Every award or whatever. And she's like, it just made her feel so small. I mean, it wasn't like, "Oh, congratulations!" You know, that's great. So that's all about him.
1: Yeah that that's just pure jealousy. You know <laughs> from, yeah. from
0: from from yeah. It, I'm, I'm the star here. Who cares about you? Right? you so, Yeah, they, they just didn't get along, and I think you know, like her being so free willing and and just free, and her kind of bohemian kind of spirit mm-hmm. for some reason i guess she asked if she could borrow his car one day drive it to the store to get something and he said no i don't know they just didn't like each other arthur hitler they loved each other they were great oh okay but, but but yeah the whole thing the thing she didn't like was the uh you know like the whole thing with rod steiger like she just did not belong with him and she also said you know she you know wasn't it wasn't her best work. She didn't take it as seriously, you know. She kind of was like, she wasn't really happy and she was there. There's actually a great interview um, uh, she did with Rex Reed. And, you know, he's there on set. And, you know, it's, it's crazy, like, talking about all this crazy stuff going on. And he goes back to her dressing room with her. And she pulls out a hash brownie from, like, Marrakesh or something. She starts, like, you know, nibbling on it, and she's like, you want some? And he's like, no, and, and, you know, and she's, you know, it's, she's still working. She's like, oh, this should hit about the time I'm headed home, you know? So she was kind of at this, you know, again, this bohemian kind of free spirit, Mm -hmm. and um, and she just, uh, you know, she just didn't love, love working on that.
1: Well, it's still, I mean that—that's too bad, but I mean it's still a movie worth um, checking out. And oh yeah. Um, yeah, it's totally worth checking out. Oh yeah. I mean, um, I mean, the thing who knew? Who, I I didn't know that story till you know I met her. I'm like, what is this? W.C. Fields in me. Right. Exactly. Um, and uh, I guess for now we're coming to probably her 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 most known role. I guess just because it became such a a, a blockbuster was being cast as uh, Eve Tessmacher um, in Superman in 1978, a role that she reprised in Superman Two 1980. And I would say that this is probably her best... I mean, like I said, just from when I talk to people, if the name doesn't immediately ring a bell. I could just say Miss Tessmacher from Superman, and people know ex- yeah. immediately who it who it was.
0: Um, yeah, 100%. 100%. Um, yeah, I mean, that is definitely her biggest film. Because she was in some great movies, but a lot of them were, you know, they were smaller, even though they had, like, again, like a Jeff Bridges or, you know, Jack Nicholson, The Border, you know, like, things like that. But that movie is, you know, that was the first superhero movie.
1: Right, exactly. mean,
0: you know, that, 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 that's, I mean, every movie that everybody you know all the superhero fans up there that's the movie that started it you know and it couldn't have been done you know first off you know richard donner was amazing but i mean it wasn't for him and his vision that movie wouldn't have been what it was um no you know and then all the magical components come together you know finding christopher reeve and unknown and gene hackman and you know ned Beatty, and and all, you know all, you just look at that list of actors in there and actresses and it's like wow this is crazy but oh one, one little note they filmed that they filmed that movie um, they filmed one and two at the same time because what's crazy is because I remember when I first met her I was like oh Superman 2 she was like that, I don't. that person didn't direct Superman 2 and I'm like yeah they did uh, Richard Lester and like she was like I only shot with Richard Donner. Ah, so okay. They shot all of you know. They shot uh, they shot those movies at the same time. Some people don't know that, and and then I guess at some point, like I guess Donner, you know, shot most of uh, whatever he needed for the second one. You know, I don't remember how much percentages, but then I guess there was a disagreement. Him and the Salkins, or something, and and he left, and that's when they brought in Richard Lester. But Valerie never shot with that guy. All her stuff was done already.
1: Oh, okay. Well, that's it's interesting to me because I think Superman Two came back into like the 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 co- pop culture lexicon um, when they did finally re- release the Richard Donner cut was released yeah. uh, uh, ten or fifteen years ago, which it's an amazing to do a. a, a a side-by-side comparison because they are very, very different movies. And I know that she wasn't the only one that I, you know, chose to kind of stick with Richard Donner. I think the same thing, I think Margot Kidder and Gene Hackman both kind of refused um, either that or put up a a kind of a fuss when, when he was sacked and they brought in Richard Lester. Um, There's definitely a huge tonal shift and, I mean, because I remember I would re-watch and re-watch those Superman movies when I was a kid. And yeah. I would just, I, I just loved them. I loved everything about them. The, the, the performances, the story. I mean, this like he's... The
2: first one is, is, it's literally, it's an epic.
0: Yes, yes. I mean, yes. I'm not just saying an epic movie, but the way it's shot, it's an epic. I mean, it's, you know, it's got the whole... Uh, Know, the whole beginning is a superman but the stuff in smallville like that's shot a very certain way and then it's just it's 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 just an epic saga that first film is so so good everything is and it doesn't it still works you know it's not oh yeah later and you're like like you can put that movie in it's a great movie it it and, and everything looks you know it looks great I mean that's the problem I think with some of the superhero movies nowadays because we we did a um, we did one of uh, you know like a one of those autograph things um, uh, several years ago, and so uh, Valerie and I went. I would go with her on these things because she's like my mother. That's how she and I know each other. I can, you know, we we just we've been, we've just been together forever, basically. Right. And I would go to these things with her, and um, and Sarah Douglas was there, and. Superman fans you know that's Ursa the chick of the three villains and and we just became really tight like they you know they didn't shoot anything together you know they they knew each other a little but they hadn't really you know they weren't like uh, close friends because they didn't ever work together Sure. and we just really became really close in that movie uh, on that um, at that show but what I'm getting at is that's when the new Superman had come out People kept coming up to the tables, like, "Oh, what do you?" Have-? And they were like, "We haven't seen it." So we literally we went to see it while we were there. So it was me, Valerie, and Sarah Douglas, and a couple of people that we kind of befriended from the from the show, and we all went to see it. Right? Man and of Are we
1: I talking Man of Steel?
0: Man of Steel, yeah. Okay. The, the, you know the first Henry Cavill thing in the in the Superman world.
1: Okay, I just wanted to. The- specify between that and that uh superman returns i just want to make oh, sure we yeah, get a time yeah. so we're talking henry cavill man of steel okay henry cavill, of steel. yeah yeah sorry I, I, I forgot about the other one yeah that tends um, to that 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 happens a lot <laughs> right
2: um, I,
0: so the next day I, they had they had like a q and a and it was it was those you know Valerie and sarah and people kept on like what, have you seen it? And they're like, we actually went to go see it because everybody kept asking us what we thought, and they both hated it. Mm. Not because not because of Henry Cavill or anything. They thought he was he was great and you know gorgeous and all that. But to them, what was missing from the story was like that love part of it. Like that, there's just something in the original Superman that like holds it together. Where this was more, not that it didn't have some love thing to it, but wasn't kind of, like, the love story, and and plus with all the, the fighting, when was like, CGI, it was so fast, and, you know, I mean, I guess that's more in tune with, like, comic books or video games, but, you know, they, they just didn't love it, and that's why, I'm, again, that's why, um, I don't know why I'm telling the story, but uh, they, um, yeah, they, it, was, it was really interesting um, how many people, like, you know, purists like the original Superman
1: yeah, I mean, the, I mean, we could have a whole discussion about modern superhero movies, but I think that they they're missing something. There is just an inherent charm of those original Superman movies that is just there's I I don't I can't really put my finger. It just is such like a a, a combination of talents behind the camera and in front of the camera that just makes it like an uh an endlessly rewatchable classic something that you can go back to time and time again and i i think that there's also the, there there's a lot more time was invested in those movies now it always seems to be well we've got to beat our competition they're coming out with a you know six superhero movies this year so we got to come out with seven and it
2: awesome. like the green is- Yeah, pretty practical. I mean, you know, there weren't like
0: a bunch of special effects, and I mean, Bob Noggins say they weren't, but you know, it's like they were on like flying harnesses and stuff like that.
1: Exactly right. Does Does she um, have any interesting stories about you know some of the scenes that you know?
2: between? Superman.
0: Um. There's one thing she would she would say about Gene Hackman because you know he you know he's so professional, like he literally knows everybody's lines. Like he's, you know, he's, you know, one of the greatest actors. Right. And you know, I guess, and I guess you look at Gene and you always think like wow, such like straight-laced, like serious guy.
1: He always looks gr- he, he looks grumpy, <laughs> just like, yeah, per- like he has like r- resting yeah. grump face. <laughs>
2: bald cap on you know Mm -hmm.
0: you know he he didn't want to wear but he wore you know the seam with the bald thing. but um somebody's birthday and he came out he had a like a big candle on top of his bald hat on on the bald cap thing and I think he might have came out saying happy birthday or something like like totally off the wall which you wouldn't expect from him no
2: Um,
0: see oh another one she but where she jumps in the water to save Superman. Right, huge scene. In that, you're like, oh yeah, believe me, that white dress. Yeah, yeah. Um, we, uh, she, she says that, that she she had to drink like a bottle of champagne to jump in. Um, but I mentioned that to Richard Don because she was like, I had to jump in. You know, I I don't really like to swim or or something but I mentioned that when I interviewed Richard Donner and he was like, I don't think that's how I wouldn't have let her jump from there. I don't think she So I don't know. She told me several times that she, she got a little drunk to jump in. (laughs) Her, her Donner, who are you going to believe?
1: Right. Um, and then I guess, before we start talking about the 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 documentary just one last movie because it has become uh, it's not a movie that I have seen but it's a movie my, my co-host has seen and it has since garnered quite the cult reputation um, can't stop the music um, what does she have to yeah. say about that with uh, the village people and I'm trying to think who else there was... the, artist,
0: the artist formerly known as Bruce Jenner
1: yes yes
0: she has some things to say. First thing she to say <laughs> is that movie ruined her
2: career. Uh, what she says, um, I mean, I, yeah, it did go on to
0: become a cult classic. Like they show that movie, I don't know how long they've been doing this for, like decades. They show that movie every year in Australia on New Year's Eve for some reason.
2: Really? It's, okay.
0: People, people will reach out and they'll say, "Oh, this is a part of you know, I this movie comes on every year. It's a part of our New Year's, you know, it's like." you know, play like It's a Wonderful Life on Christmas for us or something. But uh Huh Yeah, that (laughs) movie that (laughs) movie she uh I mean you know, she had fun making it. Uh she didn't like the director, Nancy Walker, because you know, that's the lady who was the quicker picker upper. Remember the seventies commercial? Short redheaded lady?
1: Yes I do, Um, yep. Well she she was directing it and Valerie's
0: thought on that was it was Alan Carr, who... Alan Carr did Greece. You know, he was the producer of Greece. Like, he, that... He was... That was the biggest movie. That was huge, right? And he, Alan Carr was a big deal. And they were friends, Alan and Valerie. And that's how, you know, she ended up doing the movie because he asked her. But he was also a manager. And one of his clients was Nancy Walker. And Valerie always said that, oh, she thought that maybe he hired her because... Fifteen percent or what, or twenty percent of whatever he paid her came back to him.
2: Oh.
0: So I don't, I don't know. Mm. But they didn't get along really. Um, I mean, she was, she, was, she said that you know, basically the, uh, like the, like I guess like the first AD or or, or the camera like I think the first AD. She was like, that's the person who basically did the movie. She was like, wow. be her, the, Nancy Walker be watching soap operas in her in her trailer or something. I don't know. She stuck by
1: that story the whole time. Um, I w- I wouldn't put it past people. I've come across quite a few. I'm not going to name the movies or the people here, but I've come across yeah. shows, movies on this this program that when I've done a little digging, I found out like who was really one person might be credited, but I mean you got to give yeah. the the actual credit goes to someone else. And and in case of can't stop the music, that might be for better or for worse. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, here's the funny-
2: Sure. I'll tell you know, really the funny thing.
0: Like, um, it was Bruce Jenner's first film. Okay. And you know, um, I think she kind of, you know, she helped him a little bit. Uh, as in, he never acted, you know. So I think you know she would kind of give him a little, you know, maybe a little guidance, or maybe a little pep talk or or whatever, you know. Because I mean, being on a movie set and you're one of the lead people in it, if you haven't really done it, you know, it's it could be could be um make you nervous right um but yeah i mean um like she liked bruce she loved the village people they used to they would go up to her house like on lunch breaks when they were filming then you know she'd have lunch and they'd have all this fun and go swimming and you know i think at some point they might have said something like uh the studio might have said hey you you guys need to stay around here (laughs) for lunch because it their lunches kept getting longer and
2: longer. You
0: know, they don't, <laughs> yeah. have, they don't have line and swim and all that crazy stuff. Um, love the village people. Um, uh, you know, I know some of those guys because of her. I've, 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 met, mm, I've met most of the original guys. Wow. But those guys are super nice. Um, I think, Is there any, of the, there any big things on that? Um, I will say she and I watched it uh, a few months ago because I kind of fast forwarded through it one time when I first met her and I'm like, oh, this movie's pretty bad. Mm-hmm. And then I, I got curious again and so I got it on Blu-ray and I took it over and she and I watched it and it's, it's weird. It's, it's literally a time machine. If you watch it, it takes you back to that moment and that kind of disco-y thing because the problem with that movie the reason it it bombed so bad was disco died in the middle of them making the
2: movie yeah uh, you know the name
0: of it was originally going to be called Disco Land oh wow and like literally Time Magazine came out with an uh, an issue and it said disco is dead and they were filming that movie so uh, none of that didn't help it no but uh, like I said, we just watched it I don't know, a few months ago, maybe around near actually maybe around here um, <laughs> on the Blu ray and uh it's 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 just you know, it's fun. You know, it takes you back to the simple time and you know, it's silly or whatever, but you know, you get to see all these like great clothes of the moment, you know, so you get to see the village people and you know, it's just this weird little like bizarre trip to, to 1980 it's like I think everybody should see it I mean do it have like a night when you have like some friends over making an event you know have some wine have some like fondue like the 70s and just just live it up and then you'll, you'll really
1: enjoy it and, I, uh, I think that's um it's just one of those movies and like you said they were filming it and I was just checking the years and I'm like that seems like the time that disco like was declared dead and I remember there was there's news footage of people like they were having bonfires of burning disco records and oh yeah they they did that one
0: big thing
1: at I think it was Mets I think it was Mets Stadium Stadium, if I'm not mistaken
0: there was a DJ he was the one who who, who coined the term disco sucks I think yeah Mm -hmm. disco albums and they were i think they were giving them or something or whatever they were they literally put them all they blew them up right you can see this on it's on film somewhere but all these people like literally like thousands of people came to like destroy their records and then literally get blown up it's crazy i didn't mean to interrupt you sorry no i was just
1: gonna say that it's just one of those movies um that I think was just a victim of its time, and the, the 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 way that it's weird that the way that certain movies develop a cult status. That we went through this time where oh my god, you're you're not cool if you like the village people. Then oh, yeah. now it's like, yeah, I like I. It's cool to like the village people again. So it's one of those yeah. weird cyclical kind of things that happens, and you know. Um, it's just it's just interesting to me, you know, to revisit some of these movies. Like you said, it's it's just a time capsule. Like if you want to go back to that that point of, um, I would be I I would I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that a great double feature would be to watch uh, "Can't Stop the Music" and then a movie that came out in the in the late '90s. I don't know if you're familiar with it, called "The Last Days of Disco," which is um, it's a great kind of love story, but yeah. it's it's taking place during the tail end of the disco period, so that that wouldn't be for an interesting double double feature, but um, crazy. Y- when, when, I'll tell you two little crazy things sure. little crazy thing, you around that same time in the 90s 54 came out Remember that movie? I do, yeah well, what's crazy
0: is, and I don't know why Valerie's in that but it's almost like, it's almost like a, it's not a, a, an extra. She literally, but she had like, it wasn't like she, like if you're gonna use her, it's like she should have some big part because she was, she was it at fifty four. Right. Yeah. She, you know she, you know she had met Warhol, she knew Halston, like all that stuff. Like she was, you know, she was around. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's where I was like, that's strange, it's a weird
2: coincidence. Like you know, hands off the music or something.
0: That, um, yeah, those you know, two just, those
1: two movies came out. I think well within a uh, very close range of each other, and I think Fifty Four kind of a uh, shut out Last Days of Disco. And actually, if you go back and revisit them, I'm, I'm my personal opinion that I think Last Days of Disco is, is a better movie. But that's just my opinion. But uh, um,
0: well, I, think, I think also wasn't uh, uh was it Mike Myers
2: Steve Rebell. <laughs> Yeah, I know, right? yeah.
0: I think that might have been one of the one of the first things where he was doing uh, something serious. Yeah, you know, was the comedy stuff, and I, I, I don't know. I think people might have been like, "Ooh, okay." I don't know if they loved it or hated it. I can't remember. I
1: I don't think a lot of people liked it. If, I'm, <laughs> if memory yeah. serves. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, I was,
0: the, the last thing I was gonna say about can't stop the music. Game. Oh yes. But again, another, another one of these weird. Valerie firsts. That movie was the first movie that won the first Razzie. Because the the guy who invented the Razzies, and it was just as a thing, and I think everything about that movie was, was in some category. I think Valerie was supposed to be, she was up for worst actress, and the movie was up for worst. I can't remember all the things, but the movie won as the the worst actress if you can't, or the worst film because it was between that and Xanadu or something wow okay and there's another one like Xanadu same thing if it would have maybe maybe been done two years earlier or a year earlier it might have worked you know I mean it's so like weird and whatever but it's very disco-y it's very that moment you know if you miss that window then your movie doesn't work you know
2: no
1: um it, no you couldn't be yeah I mean, certain movies just they come out at the right time and they kind of uh, they secure their place in and, and our collective memories of cinema and other movies were just I just I think they're a victim of of the time that they came out. And they certainly yeah. d- discover to be, you know, are worth a revisit and um, something like Can't Stop the Music. I mean, it sounds like a, a, a lot of fun, even though it sounds like it's it's absolutely, you know, bonkers to be, have a movie if you just re- reel off the cast it's like The Village People uh, Valerie Perrine uh, Bruce Jenner Steve Gutenberg, and Bruce you're like Steve <laughs> Guttenberg <roller skating. laughs>
0: right um it's, it's a little bit of everything odd in it there's actually a special they did and I I have it um I don't know if anybody has this she, cause I had to go through all her VHS footage to see what she had and there's a special called uh Night of a Thousand Stars, or it's something, but it's literally a sell it's it, it was promoting Can't Stop the Music, and it was um, uh, what's his name? What's his name? Uh, talk show host from back then, Merv Griffin. Okay, it's you see beginning in the movie, like when he introduces her the Valerie Prime that did all that, yes, but that's from that piece, and it, it literally, but it's like a whole thing of promoting that movie everybody's in that thing like Sammy Davis Jr is in, in this in this little special and wow uh, i think Cher is even in it i think she's roller skating maybe the steve gutenberg or it's bananas that thing sorry so, I just it made me think of no that's
1: weird no that's audience. great i i can only imagine the hours of fascinating uh, footage that you must have had to comb through and um Let's talk a little bit about the documentary. I'm glad that we spent so much time talking about her early career because I think that that's a great primer for people to now check out your documentary, which is coming out May 3rd, correct? Yes,
2: Yes,
0: May 3rd, it's coming out, and it'll be on, let's see, it's going to be on Amazon, Apple TV, iTunes, YouTube, and Google Play. And it'll be you know a rental type thing, but also there's you can buy the DVD, and the DVD will be available on. I mean it's available. It's available now. Um, uh, Amazon, and also I think maybe Walmart online. So for all you cinephiles and and older people that that don't aren't good with streaming, we have DVDs available, babies.
1: Oh, that's, not, that's great. I'm still a fan of physical media myself. I, I do stream, but if it's something that I really, really love. Um, so I'm going to make sure that links for the Amazon order for Valerie, the DVD, the documentary, um, are going to be in this episode description. And uh, like the man just told you, available everywhere um, May 3rd, uh, pretty much everywhere. Uh, the trailer is available the trail if the trailer gives you just enough that you're going to want to check out this entire movie and this movie is so beautiful and i i I think it it it's just it's one of those stories that like you it's one of those actresses that you kind of you're kind of like i wonder what happened to her and it's Mm -hmm. it's it's kind of a, a sad story um at, at times, but I mean, the most the most important thing is that we, who amongst us has not had to, you know, had someone in our life dealing with a, 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 a such a terrible illness such as as Parkinson's, um, and yeah. for her to yeah. be so vulnerable on like on on camera now, um. Is just a testament to her her strength and confidence as a as a human being.
0: Well, I, I agree. I agree. When with all that stuff with the Parkinson stuff, because you know you you it kind of gives you you know you see you see her decline. You see you know when she's still good, and you know you see this decline because that, you know the movie. I wasn't in any hurry to, like, make the movie, if that makes sense. I just kind of was going kind of at my own pace and also, you know, trying to reach out to these all these great people in the movie. But, you know, you have to work with actors' schedules and whenever they're free and all that stuff. But all that helped because you do go on this journey with her, um, with her Parkinson's. Um, And, and, you know, we talked about it when I was shooting – and I said, you know, because it's really raw. Like it, what you know, it shows. Like I said, kind of this progression of the disease. But there's a part where it's kind of like a day in the life, kind of in there. Mm-hmm. Where you see what what her life is at, at, at that moment. And you know, it's it's not glamorous. It's not uh, it's not anything like that. It's it's very raw and it's very revealing and and it's very courageous of her to 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 show that. But I asked her. I said, "Hey, you know, I think we should show this because this is what's going on with you. You know, what do you think? Are you how do you feel about that?" And she was she was very open about sharing her battle with Parkinson's mm-hmm. um, because she. She wanted, she, she was hoping it would give people hope, let's say, because a lot of people that have seen the movie, they find it very inspirational. Yes, yes. And it, it, it can be, you know, it can be going through anything. It, you know, it doesn't have to be Parkinson's, it could be another health thing, or it could be mental illness, or, you know, you could just be going through, who knows, I mean, a, a divorce or anything. And, you know, people have seen it and they're like, wow, like, she's just so brave and, and, and... And such a warrior, like I saw that, and it just made me, you know, it inspired me and gave me hope. And that's what she wanted. And so that was one thing. When I got some of those reactions, you know, I, I knew that I knew that we we we'd got we had we had succeeded in getting what she wanted on screen, getting what she wanted out of that.
1: No, it's it, like you said, it is so inspirational because like you, you could easily, you know, it's insert whatever your personal um, struggle is at this moment instead of Parkinson's. And it's, it's so real. And it, like you said, artfully, put, artfully put it's raw and what you, what you see is what you get, but it always seems to me that, like, going back to those earlier stories about her early career and early life, that's that's kind of always who she was. What you see is what you get. Um,
0: yeah, yeah, 100%. And she's, you know, she never shies away from anything, and she's, um, she is, she's a warrior. And another thing, and you'll, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about, is a lot of times when people in the public eye celebrities whatever you know if, if they're going through something you just don't hear about them anymore all of a sudden you've, you know they kind of vanish mm-hmm. or and the next thing you hear is oh you know they they passed away they were they had whatever it is dementia or, or whatever you know right um, and you know and 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 you know that's that's fine everybody deals with things the, w- the way they deal with them but you know, she decided to, to share, you know, kind of what she's going through with the world again, just to, you know, hopefully it would, it would just inspire somebody. Um, and, you know, again, that's just, I mean, I mean, to going from being one of the most beautiful, just, I mean, I'll say it. I mean, like a goddess. I mean, you see yes. a woman and you're just yes. like, you know, you would stop in your tracks. I mean, I mean, I'll you know I've, I've seen every picture of her, and I'll I'll go through something, and it's just like, my God, look at her! I mean, those eyes, that smile—just you're like, there, there'll never be another another Valerie Bryan. No, um,
1: and I think that's—I mean, what she's doing with you through this documentary too, I think is is so. Um, it's not only brave of her but it's also it's allowing her like you said to control her narrative now instead of yes. instead of after the fact uh, you know uh, eventually we all pass on and then all the all the news comes out like if you've been out of the public eye for a couple decades people all of a sudden are going to be interested in, in what's been happening but instead she's she's owning her life and controlling her narrative and she's you know, kind of reclaimed the the way that people are going to to see her now, and I think that's that's amazing. You know.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Again, you know, it's like you just said. You know, people when they pass away, then it's kind of like, oh, they were great, and and then you want to see. All of a sudden, you're like, oh, I want to see that movie they were in. Oh, I you know, I love that person. All of a sudden, it's like their memories jogged, and they there's this renewed interest um but again with her uh, you know it's her you know just you know it it it, it, it would be that world of all of a sudden when that day comes and you know we hope not anytime soon but what are they going to say they'll feel like she had parkinson's they'll they'll dwell on that they'll talk about her career a little bit you know like a like a nice little piece but then you know it'll be like oh where has she been for the last you know 30 years what happened to her after superman or whatever right and that's that's another reason why i wanted to kind of do this because i i didn't want her to be forgotten i wanted no you know people to again jog their memory and and want to know more about her or introduce her to new fans or any of that stuff. And, uh, and also, you know, if it would, you know, if, uh, you know, Michael J. Fox is the face of Parkinson's and he's, you know, he's amazing. And, you know, he's done, you know, tremendous, um, things for that for that world and research and everything. But, you know, I think, you know, some, you know, this, somebody seeing this like, oh, wow. Like, you know, she has this, like, I don't feel alone. You know what I mean? Like, other people have Parkinson's, you know? It's like, oh, here's a beautiful, strong, amazing woman, you know? Like, she has what I have, and look at the way she's dealing with it.
1: It makes, yeah, it makes it more relatable, people. It makes it more identifiable, and and, and, and I, I credit every celebrity that, that does put out an honest portrayal and takes takes that on uh, very similarly to what happened when, after Christopher Reeve had his accident and he, he became the, the face of, um, of, of stem cell research and, all, and yeah. all those sorts of progressions. And I think that that's why watching this documentary is so, I mean, it's, it's, you crafted it so well that you don't need to have any sort of familiarity with her Um, at the beginning but by the time that this the movie is over you're going to feel like you've 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 known her all your life and then it's going to make you want to go back and revisit some of these these amazing roles that we just we that we just talked about it's such an amazing life and it's such an amazing story and the the honesty and I mean uh, and her bravery throughout all of this um, is just amazing and I mean you've got some great um, some great people th- to, to talk about what an amazing uh, woman she is and what an amazing performer she yeah. was um,
2: oh yeah I mean
0: I was really lucky to get um, I mean for everybody out there who hasn't seen it yet um, you know it's got Jeff Bridges, Angie Dickinson, George Hamilton, um, Richard Donner. Right. right, Before he passed away. Um, Sarah Douglas, who was Ursa. uh, David Arquette. um, Stacey Keach, Lonnie Anderson, the great Howard Hessman, who we just lost. Yep. Um, And for you Supergirl fans, there's uh, Andrea Brooks, who became Miss. Tessmacher on Supergirl who actually uh, she's great like she I was doing a, a, a crowdfunding thing like several years ago and she came across it somehow and she had just gotten the part on Supergirl and she reached out to me and she became she became a really great friend and she they shoot that in Canada and she actually was in LA for something and uh, I took over and she met with Valerie and you know, it was a nice passing of the torch. Right. Valerie loved what she what she's what she was doing with the role, and she's a great actress. And they had this great this great little moment, and actually a, a, a little tidbit. Valerie gave her uh, a bracelet. I mean, it wasn't from anything. It wasn't from a film or anything. And I know that she. Uh, I know that Andrea. Wore that on an episode of Supergirl. Wow, she snuck it in in the wardrobe, so it was a, a little a little nod to Valerie, and 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 so that was pretty cool. But yeah, I I had some, I got really lucky with you know getting some great interviews. I mean, there were a few people that I, you know, that I was working to get, and either it just didn't work out with their schedules, or it just didn't work out. Like I tried Dustin Hoffman, I tried every way I could think of, and I even had a couple of people that celebrities that that you know knew him through other people and they tried for me and i don't i don't know if he ever heard about it or what but you know like i I didn't get him peter bogdanovich was gonna do it oh wow and then uh and then same thing because some of the what happens is like some of these people like yeah i'll do it and it's like you know here's my contact you know call me in a week or whatever and then they get busy and there were people that were saying they would do it for like six months and then finally they it just didn't work out you know their schedules just weren't going to do it but and then on the flip side of that i had some people that because it was going to be a feature to begin with and i changed it i decided it might be a more powerful pieces a short but you know if you remember alex rocco you know mo green from the godfather right like i interviewed him like he, he he was a great interview he said some great stuff and then i wanted to use it so bad but i was like it just it wasn't a spot for it to fit in the, in the shorter format but i had I before he passed away literally i think he died and, and i didn't know he was sick or anything like i got him um i got some dick van patten stuff and i ended up not using his interview i just used uh archival footage of him mm-hmm. but, um yeah, like I, I had some really, uh, some really, really cool people, you know, I, um, uh, Felipe Rose, the, the native American from the village people. I interviewed him like, was wow. he's a really good friend. It just didn't fit in, in that spot that I had. But yeah, I mean, I was really lucky though to all these people were, it,
1: well, I think that
0: so much about her. were willing to, you know, to give me some time and, and, uh, to do an
1: interview and say all these nice things about it. Well, so you, you, you chose the quality over uh, quantity equation, which I, I wish more film, filmmakers would do, because this movie, I mean, my, my only critique, I would have liked it to have been just a little bit longer, but this leaves, now that you're telling me about all this uh, uh, additional footage that... Um, exists maybe at some point in the future we can get maybe an extended version or a part two or something like that because i i I think it's so great that we're putting someone that i mean if you look through her filmography there's not i mean compared to some other actors and actresses out there she doesn't have that many roles but it's the roles that she has that are just i mean it's like I, again, the quality over quantity. I mean, she's got some an um, absolutely amazing performances, and I cool. it's just.
0: And what the directors she worked?
1: With. I know, she's right? George Weldon
0: Hill, Bob Fosse,
1: Lamont Johnson, uh, Richard Donner, Johnner, yeah, um,
0: uh, uh, Sidney Pollock, um, right. I mean, she worked with like, you know, and she'll be the first to mention it too, like. All these, you know, all 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 those great directors were also when you saw these great performances. Like, you know, Bob Fosse said, "It's like," or no, uh, George rory Hill said this. Um, she's like a sponge; whatever you give her, she'll soak it up and give you exactly what you want. Wow.
2: Oh, um, so, that's. Yeah,
0: she's, she's just had this. I mean, again, I mean. I know I see her several times a day I see her every night I'm the last person to see her every night and you know there's there'll never be anybody else like her with the whole package I mean right and, and, and you know she was perfect for all those all those decades that she was in I'm meaning she was perfect for Vegas in the 60s yep you know she was perfect for Hollywood in the 70s when, you know, and, and and that kind of stuff. She just, I mean, she, she, again, it was like she was just literally created for those, for all these great moments, and and just the, again the crazy life she's had. Well, it, so she it's,
1: it's so amazing, and and again, after this discussion, if you haven't checked out Valerie the documentary, I can't urge you enough to do so. Um, order the DVD. Support. This, this filmmaker and support this movie and 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 also as we start to wrap up here, I want to talk about um, helping to support uh, Valerie directly, um, and we're, we'll talk a, a now about uh, how you can do so because uh, she has unfortunately um, she does have Parkinson's as well as an, a central tremor. Am I saying that correctly? Yeah, exactly. exactly. Um, and just other other. Unfortunately, medical conditions that comes when ad- anybody gets older, you know, that your medical concerns are are, are greater. So I'm going to ask uh, Stacy now to um, to to let my audience know how they can uh, help out directly.
0: Sure, sure. Well, I want to add one thing to that. Sure. Also, when anybody's a celebrity, a movie star, everybody, everybody, you just think, oh, they're rich. They live in Beverly Hills. They live in a man. You know what I mean? You have this vi- vision because of th- that moment in time that what you saw, what they presented, you know? Right. And that's not that's not true with everybody, you know, and Valerie, you know, she's on a very fixed income and which would be great if she wasn't sick. Right. But um, so there is a GoFundMe set up and that. All that money goes to to her for her health care and to help with um, uh, any of those kinds kinds of needs for her and anybody that would like to give to that and I, I I'd, I'd love you to see the movie and all that but I you know if you could if you could um, if you could check out the GoFundMe and and maybe throw a little something her way is to help support. Uh, in that battle for her and with that you can um you can go to ValerieMovie.com and there's a link to the GoFundMe or if you just happen to want to go on GoFundMe and I think if you put Valerie Perrine in it should pop up but definitely if you go to ValerieMovie.com uh there's a link and it'll uh it'll take you to the GoFundMe and, and that's I mean from my heart and I know you know from her as well uh, Those contributions are uh, are are very uh, very much uh, appreciated. I I appreciate it. Yeah, I want to say uh, respected. So it's appreciated and respected, and and, you know it it means a lot. You know, so you know it's just uh, you know getting older, it's a bitch. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, oh yeah. For anybody, and and, you know, um, but yeah, every little every little bit helps.
1: And all the, the all the links are going to be in the episode description. Links to get the movie on Amazon, iTunes. If you want to order a physical copy, if you want to do the the GoFundMe, all those links. We we urge you to like like Stacy said. So you know, if. You, Please see the movie because you're going to love the movie and it's going to it's it's it'll touch you and it it will inspire you. And it's a beautiful movie and it's a beautiful tribute to this amazing woman. And uh, let's try to help improve the quality of her living. And every little bit helps. And all those links are going to be in the description. And um, I'm looking forward to, to this movie being out so more people can see it, because I think it was um it's an amazing movie, and I I hope we um, I, I hope we see more from you, uh, Stacy, to in the future, as fellows, uh, as documentaries go. Um. You might have you might have found your your calling in life. Oh yeah, I
0: mean, it's weird. I mean, not weird, but yeah. Like I said, I'd never, I'd never thought about. You know, I never picked a camera up. In my, in my mind, I was like, oh, you have to go to school for that. You need to, you know, and you have this equipment so expensive and all that. And I literally got thrown into it. And, you know, this is my first, the first thing I've ever done, this documentary. And it was being considered for the Oscars, uh, uh, for the 2021 Oscars, and uh, which was a big deal. I mean, it was, you know, it was in with like a hundred other... Movies that qualified. Wow. Um, and it didn't get listed, but just at least, I mean, going that far was something. And then sure. The crazy thing was, I'd, I'd say, mm, I don't know, several months later, I get an email. And it's from the Academy. And they are putting Valerie into their... Um, it's being added to their archives, meaning that this film... Part of the academy forever. Wow! Like it's, it's in it's in it's in their, their permanent archive collection. That's
1: amazing. And that, Congratulations.
0: Thank you. I mean, but that's one of those things where, you're like, wait a minute, I didn't even know this was a thing. What, right. what an honor! I mean, wow. Yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, I'm 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 um, I mean, there's some other uh, documentary projects that. I'm working on putting together, uh, you know, some like true crime things or whatever. I mean, this one's so special because she and I had that relationship, so I know. So, I mean, I knew so much about her anyway, but you know, I I had all the time I wanted with her. You know what I mean? Like, right. I, I, it wasn't like you know somebody hiring a film crew and you, you you're sort of following somebody around here and there. Like I had all the access to her and to all of her archives. Like I, I literally everything you see in that film, that's from her, you know, uh, that, that's about her, all that stuff's from her, except Johnny Carson. And that I, I had to go through the Carson people. to get that one Sure. That clip, right? But yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's why I, you know, this was made with heart. I think, you know, yes,
2: love, It's my love
0: letter to her, but I mean, hopefully everything, <laughs> my other stuff I do, um, has, has such a, a great impact. But this this is definitely a special piece. You
1: know. Well, I was gonna say just that you, as compared to some of the uh, other documentaries that I've seen, this one seems it's very intimate, and I could tell that you this is Valerie, someone that you have a lot of respect, a lot of love for, and that's someone that you've spent a a, a great deal of time with that you just. Oh you have this knowledge and and it is it is i was going to say it is just a love letter to her and it's 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 great that this is happening now than you know after the fact that this is oh, not yeah. so like she's still able to appreciate this and i hope that this brings and i'm sure that it will bring more attention back to her um and her incredible Body of work. It just, I mean, it, it it should be celebrated more. It should be talked about more. So,
0: yeah, I mean, that's, that's one of the things that I'd hope, you know, that people would rediscover her or, or just get interested in her. And, um, um, it's, you know, something you said just, uh, made me think of this because I've been going through some stuff. Uh, um, somebody may, uh, somebody's gonna write an article about her so I've been going through archives and and stuff that I shot, you know, just to see, see, find like good little tidbits and everything. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I, I, I went through something I shot, geez, this might be like six or seven years ago. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. About something like that. And I asked her, it's just one of these things we're just kind of, you know, just kind of chatting. And I said, why did you, uh, why did you want to do this documentary? She looks at me and she says, "I knew it'd be good for you, and I knew it'd be good for us." Wow. And I, I'd forgotten that I had shot that since it had been so long, and I just, it, it kind of hit me, and I just got, you know, had a little like misty eye Sure, you
1: know, absolutely.
0: It's just one of those things, and you know, I mean, again, and once you see in the film, like her Parkinson's has progressed now right you know it's it's uh, you know it's it's more debilitating than it was before Um, so you know that's one thing uh, this is me you know just saying this because it's on my mind you know when that day does come I mean I'm lucky that I have all of this footage that I shot of her of us talking and her saying special things to me and and all of her archives and photos and just everything like physical stuff that I can like pick up and touch and and all that, you know, or, or put a movie in. I right. can watch Lenny whenever I want, and there it is, there she is. So even though one day she won't be here, she'll still be here in spirit, and I'll, that love I'll still feel that love.
1: Whenever right. Want,
0: you know. So i That's. I'm very lucky
1: and i think that we just as as cinema fans are lucky that you've captured this in, in a documentary for all of us to kind of to feel that that connection like i said you feel very i mean i've never met her um our only interactions have been over through t- twitter but i just after watching this documentary it's just like just wow like i just like You know, it's very relatable, like I said, like you said, and like I was saying, just switch out whatever you switch out Parkinson's with whatever kind of struggle you're dealing with it, whether it be medical or, you know, mental health or something. But I mean, we all struggle. But I mean, to see someone like her still fight and I just I, I, I can't say enough. About this incredible movie, and I, I thank you so much, Stacy, for taking some time to, to, to talk this wonderful career, to talk this wonderful movie. Um, any, any last, uh, things that you want to say about the, the documentary? I think that if people aren't on board by now, um, it, well, they certainly should be. But I, I, I can't think of anything else that we could possibly say. To, but um, please give this documentary um a love and uh watch it talk about it spread it around get the word out i, I think it's one of those things that word of mouth is going to be i, I think word of mouth is going to be a big deal right uh, uh follow follow her on twitter and yes Instagram. i mean you can
0: follow me i'll give you my link so you can put that up i mean i'm more about her but follow me too um her her, her twitter is way much more uh uh, impressive in mind. Her tw- but, uh, I was going to just but, yeah, say, yeah, I, just, I think the whole thing is, yeah, it's about like, just, just spreading the word. And like, if you see it, like tell somebody else about it. And, um, you know, we want to make it again. We want to spread her, uh, you know, spread her legacy. Legacy. Yeah. It's the whole thing. You know, like I want her legacy to like live on and touch as many people as possible.
2: No. Oh, yes
0: sort of when you do watch the film make sure you watch it through the credits
1: yes um
0: i mean i think everybody does but for some reason in my mind i'm always like ah some people might okay i'm done but there's a great little piece in the credits and it's i'm not giving anything away Mm -hmm. but all these great people that i interviewed for the documentary they they say their well wishes to her yeah um and it's, it's, it's really a little heartfelt moment. And, and I will throw one more thing. I know we're wrapping it up. Uh, I meant to say it earlier. Sure. But as I was shooting all these great people, you know, I'd come home, I'd, I'd, you know, I'd upload my footage or whatever, and then I would go over to her house, and, you know, I'd, you know, I'd, I'd take whatever I just shot over. You know, I'd be like, oh, look, here's George Hamilton talking about George, you, you know, Jeff Bridges or Angie Dickinson or, or whoever, right? And I think that you know, you know, if you're if you're sick, especially like if you've ever you know been sick, sick, and you know, and haven't had a lot of people around or mm. whatever, I would go and show her like the interview I just did, and it's all these you know just people saying these great things and like sharing how much they love her and how much she means to them and all that stuff. So I think another um, another. Uh, great aspect of, of the documentary, uh, like something that I didn't think about when we when it was happening, or not, you know, at the beginning of it, was the therapeutic value of of just hearing that when you might not be having a great day, you know, you, you're getting picked up a little bit, you know, when you hear somebody saying great things about you and how much you mean to them and how they love you, you know,
2: right. So that
0: was a little side a little side piece, but I, I wanted to add that. You know, I think that, that that was a it was a good piece of therapy that that I, you know, that wasn't exactly thought about, uh, you know, in the beginning of the thing. So it was like a nice, nice little offshoot of that.
1: Well, no, it's it's uh, it's it's great because, yeah, like I yeah, like you said, stay through to the credits, because I I, I like it because, you know, throughout the documentary, we get a lot of a, a lot of these um of a lot of these people commenting on Valerie and her career and. But then um, it gets more. It's more personal at the very end. Uh, that's all I'm going to say because it, it's it's really something, and uh, I'm glad that we didn't talk too much about what's actually in the documentary because I think that it really it stands on its own and it really is an important piece of 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 cinema history that needs to be um, rediscovered, uh, Valerie. Perine or
0: Perine? I always miss I, I'm gonna tell you and she's said it all to it's it's both ways people say say it either or um but mostly it's Perrine okay and yeah even in the back in the all of her interviews she was either she was the divine Miss Perrine okay that's easy way to remember it. or um for a minute there I guess we're calling her the clean Miss Perrine but it's Perrine. I like
1: the divine Miss Perrine. That's very I know, right? yeah. That's I so much like
0: there's <laughs> movie Store for you.
1: Yeah, um, Stacy. Thank you so much for joining me here in the Cult Film Companion, um, and and all my best to you and to Valerie. And I, all the links for the GoFundMe for the movie are going to be in the episode description. Please check out this documentary it's it will it will move you it will inspire you and it is a love letter to an actress um that's still with us so let's let's keep her um legacy alive um uh stacy i'll let you have the last words here
0: yeah no thank you for having me and yeah I, i appreciate everybody um listening and yeah go watch the movie i think it's a great movie even if it wasn't my movie and i i just saw it i would have the same opinion i think it's a fantastic film and uh, i think you know there's something in it for everyone and uh yeah just give it a watch and uh and hey let me know what you think you know if you watch it like put a uh, put a review up on amazon or or uh let me know on Instagram or or let Valerie know on Twitter or any of those things. Like send a message because, you know, people, we we love to, we love to have that interaction. Like, how did it make you feel? I mean, that's a huge thing for me.
1: Yeah. And if you're, if you're not following Valerie on, uh, on Twitter and on Instagram, you're missing out. She is always, and she just digs up these little tidbits from her, from her cinematic past that stuff you probably wouldn't see any anywhere else. So please follow her on Twitter and and, and show her that she is still loved and that we still remember her. Uh, Stacy, again, thank you so much. Thank you, I
2: appreciate.